Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Got a great lineup for you in hour number two. A huge lineup. Speaking of huge, Logan's got a huge half sandwich behind the glass there. What, what, what kind of sandwich is that, Logan? Uh, I, I'm, is that a ham, ham sub? Like, this thing's impressive. It's about half the size of the control board over there. It's one of my favorite types of sandwiches, turkey and Swiss. Tur- oh, see, the basic turkey and Swiss. A little mustard on there, a little, little rye, something like that. All right, I like it. I like it. Chow down, buddy. Uh, on this hour, uh, 8.20, 9.20, pardon me, we've got Alan Waddell, co-host of the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup and also radio host on the Southeastern Lions Radio Network. We'll talk Lions against Jacksonville State. That'll be tomorrow. We'll talk some prep, too, with Alan. Then at 9.30, we talked to Ben Mintz, a little Vegas odds and college football betting, and we double dip in Vegas as we go to Ralph Michaels, our handicapper at wagertalk.com. So, that's all on the docket here in hour number two. Want to get to my Saints 53-man roster projection as I try to whittle down the roster. And it's always a futile exercise this time of year. I mean, you should see the sports department going back and forth on some of the texts that we're doing. We're all like, oh, man, do we got to do this? We're just going to make ourselves look like fools. We make ourselves look like fools every year. And the reason that that happens is, well, we don't have all the information that the coaches do, nor do we really know exactly what all of the coaches are thinking. They're not going to tell us that um, if they do. And uh, maybe this is more important than than the former, is, well, when other teams start cutting players from their roster, the Saints may and, in fact, are likely to pick up a few players off the free agent market or the waiver wire. So that unpredictability leaves these opening day rosters looking much different than most projections will have just a week away uh, from the opening dates. So with all that said and that big-time preface, here is how I think the Saints will trim down from 90 to 53 players. One major surprise in here, but hey... I kind of like surprises. I don't, I don't like to do these unless we're throwing a surprise to them in there. They can be boring, like watching paint dry. i got to spice it up a little bit. Quarterback, look, barring an unexpected trade or injury, these three guys will be on the team's roster when they open up against the Houston Texans. It's Taysom Hill, it's Drew Brees, and it's Teddy Bridgewater. And if that does not happen then I'll probably just move to Aruba. Okay, matter of fact, I'll, I'll put it on here. Uh, Logan, if it Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, Andrew Brees, again, barring in a trade or injury, is not on this roster next week, uh, I'm going to Aruba, okay? And you can hold me to that. I will. Okay, that's fair. Mark the tape there. So if you hear just that replayed for three hours next week, Instead of me, uh, you'll know why. So the running back spot's a little more interesting. Maybe not a lot, but a little more interesting. Three guys we know are going to be there. Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, and Zach Line. Now the fourth spot is up for grabs. Dwayne Washington, Divine Ozigbo, the two guys competing for that. Washington was on the roster last year. Ozigbo, the rookie from Nebraska, 70 yards per carry at Nebraska last year. But hasn't really looked good in camp. Uh, Washington just flat out outperformed Ozigbo in the preseason. And Washington contributes on special teams. So I have Dwayne Washington 
along with the other three at the running back spot. Now let's go to receiver. I have Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. Those are my first four, and I think most everybody now agrees those four guys are squarely on this roster. After that, it gets a lot more murky. Doug Mouton thought maybe it's Simi Cobbs, maybe Emmanuel Butler. I know Christian Garrick and uh, Bobby Bear had Keith Kirkwood and Emmanuel Butler. I'm going a different route. Because of my stubborn bet I made with Christian Garrick, I'm keeping Austin Carr on my roster, and also because of what Drew Brees said about Carr last week. And I'll also throw Keith Kirkwood in here. And you'll notice I'm missing one big name, and this is the big surprise of my projected 53. Emmanuel Butler is not on my final roster. And here's why. If you're comparing Emmanuel Butler to Marcus Colson, which so many people have, maybe you need to actually rewind and look at what Colston did in his rookie season in 2006. Colston then caught 70 passes for over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns that season. I want you to think about that. Does anybody, anybody believe that Emmanuel Butler, even if he were given a featured role, the number two spot opposite side of Michael Thomas, that he would produce those numbers now? Even in an NFL that is more pass-happy exponentially than it was in 2006? No, not at all. In my view, if the Saints are truly concerned about you know th- this win-now mentality, winning a championship right now, Austin Carr and Keith Kirkwood helped them more than Emmanuel Butler does. And that's just the hard truth of it. And Emmanuel Butler hasn't had a great last few weeks of camp. He's been banged up, had a couple of drops, one in each of the last two preseason games. And as I mentioned, Breeze's endorsement of Austin Carr may help Sean Payton make this decision. Now, I'll throw this caveat in here. Yes, the truth is my wild prediction, admittedly unlikely to happen, but there's always one or two stunners each year. And as my old high school basketball coach used to tell me, oh, you'll never score if you don't shoot, Dunlap. So I'm shooting here. And I've got Emmanuel Butler off the roster. At tight end, four guys, Jared Cook, Josh Hill, Dan Arnold, Alizé Mack. I switched Garrett Griffin to Mack after Griffin was put on IR yesterday. I thought Griffin would have been on this team. I love him at special teams, nice depth. So I'll put Mack for uh, – for Garrett Griffin, but it wouldn't surprise me if they try to sneak him on the practice squad. Offensive line, I told you last hour, I've been telling you the last two weeks how interesting this one is. Armstead, Ramchek, Pete Warford, and McCoy, they are locks. So it's Cameron Tom right behind him. Those six are squarely on the roster. They're not going to keep, unless it's a major surprise, over eight guys on the offensive line. I just don't see that happening. In fact, I think a year or two, they've actually kept only seven heading into that opening week. I've got Michael Ola and Nick Easton on the roster. Easton mainly because of that contract. Will Clapp, that means, not on the roster. Let's go to the defensive line. Sheldon Rankins made this a little more interesting. I've got Rankins now that he's been activated. Cam Jordan, Davenport, Anyamata, Malcolm Brown, Trey Hendrickson, Mario Edwards, Wes Horton, Taylor Stallworth, and Sylvester Williams. Sylvester Williams or Ziggy Hood's probably going to get the last spot here as they're going to want more depth with Rankin still a handful of weeks away from actually playing in a game. So I initially said, oh, they're going to keep nine at this spot. I'll put them to 10 because they're going to want that depth. Linebacker, this is pretty cut and dried. Craig Robertson, assuming he's healthy and doesn't have problems getting back to full health after getting banged up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, A.J. Klein, Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, 
Vince Beagle, and Caden Ellis. Yes, Caden Ellis on this roster. I think he's here. I think he's on it. Great special teams guy, and they like what he projects as. In the defensive backfield, your cornerbacks, Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, P.J. Williams, Patrick Robinson, and then your safeties and uh, you know swing guys, special teams guys, Marcus Williams, Von Bell, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Justin Hardy, and Chris Banjo. Saquon Hampton, not on my roster. I think his inability to get fully healthy cost him a roster spot. They'll throw him on the practice squad. And finally, uh, specialists. I was going to say special teamers, but more specialists. Punter Thomas Morstead, kicker Will Lutz, and long snapper Zach Wood. This continues to be the most stable specialist trio in the league. The Saints are very blessed there. That's my Saints 53-man roster projection. You can find it right now at WWL.com. We'll take a break. When we come back, Alan Waddell joins the show. We'll talk some Southeastern Lions football. We'll also talk some prep football with the co-host of the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Roundup. Ah, yes, college football really getting started this week. I don't know this week zero nonsense last week, but week one well, starts tomorrow. And one of the teams here locally that will be in action, they have a massive football game in their home stadium, is – Southeastern, the Lions get number six Jacksonville State in Strawberry Stadium. And here to talk about that and talk to prep football with us, of course, is Alan Waddell, co-host of the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup and radio host on the Southeastern Radio Network. My friend, how you doing, Alan? Hey, Seth, man. Getting ready to get this thing cranked up. It's that time of the year. Man, it really is. How is the, the hype building up for this one tomorrow up in Hammond? Man, you know, whenever we saw last year that this game was put on the schedule where Southeastern was going to open up with Jacksonville State, uh, this was big. You know, this is probably the the best non-conference opponent that's been uh, to Southeastern since the program returned in the early 2000s. Jacksonville State comes in number six in the nation. A lot of local Louisiana people will remember Jacksonville State's where Ryan Paraloo transferred when he left LSU. So that's how a lot of local people recognize that program. But you know, I know North Dakota State gets a lot of the publicity, and, and not deservedly so. They've dominated FCS football. But Jacksonville State's one of the top five programs, really, uh, in the country. 16 playoff appearances. They won their conference championship five of the last six years. This is a very good football team that will be in our state tomorrow night to open up the FCS schedule as Southeastern hosts uh, number six, Jacksonville State. Uh, Coach Skelfo looks like he's got a pretty good quarterback in his second season. Really nice profile in the advocate on uh, Jason Virgil who is the second-year starter at uh, SLU. How's, how, uh, what do you heard about him? How's he looked, Alan? I, I'll tell you, Chasen uh, is a guy that started all, you know, all 11 games for Southeastern a year ago. And I know, you know Chase 4K gets a lot of the publicity in the Southland Conference, and, and he was the Southland Conference Player of the Year. But Chasen actually led the conference in passing a year ago with over 3,000 yards. He was a three-star recruit uh, out of high school, out of Mesquite, Texas. He signed with Fresno State. He had 14 starts for Fresno State before transferring to Southeastern. Uh, he has a very accurate arm, uh, a big-time player for Southeastern. I, I look for him to flourish in year two under Coach Selko and Coach Stevens here at Southeastern. You know, in the offseason, uh, Southeastern brought in a big transfer in Cole Kelly. And, and Louisiana football, uh, high school football fans will know that name. Cole Kelly was a, uh, you know, a, a blue-chip recruit, six foot seven, 250-pounder out of uh, Turley's Catholic, signed with Arkansas, had several starts under his belt at Arkansas. 
transferred into Southeastern and just couldn't beat Chasen out. That's how good of a player Chasen Virgil is. I expect a big year out of him. Ah, that's that's going to be interesting. You mentioned the Southland there. Uh, we talked with Sco- uh, Coach Skelfo a couple of weeks ago, and you know a lot of coach speak from coach, and and I get that, especially this time of year. As somebody who follows this program every single day, Alan, what's their outlook like this year in the Southland? Of course, with Nichols expected to win that conference. Now, you know, it's been a really competitive conference, uh, you know, since I've been associated with it. You know, you go back to 2013, 2014, when Southeastern won back-to-back conference championships. It's been a little bit up and down since then. Uh, this is the second year under Coach Selfo, uh, looking for a big improvement. Went 4-7 and seven last year, Seth, but easily could have been 7-4, and four, you know, 8-3. and three. It's just the, the way some of those games played out didn't uh, go Southeastern's favor. Uh, but still, you got to win games when the games count. And I think Southeastern certainly has a, an opportunity to improve that record this year and hopefully make a run and get back into the playoffs. Well, it starts tomorrow, 7 o'clock at Strawberry Stadium in Hammond, Southeastern against Jacksonville State. Be sure you check that out. I know I will be doing my job in the Superdome, but I will have the updates on on my phone. We're talking to Alan Waddell, at Alan G. Waddell on Twitter, co-host of the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup, as well as his duties on the Southeastern Radio Network. And, Alan, we got to talk some prep football with you man I am look I'm excited for this season like I always am for high school football but uh, you know Logan asked me you know one word that describes your feelings right now for high school football and I said disappointed and the reason why is what's happening with our state championships again man any any clarity on what's exactly going to happen towards the end of the year uh, you know, we haven't really had that announcement yet, Seth. It was kind of, you know, unusual. This is Jamboree week. You yeah. know, you think we'd have a little more clarity going into the season, but it's Jamboree week, and we'll be week one in a, in a couple of weeks uh, with some monster matchups there in week one. But, you know, as we sit right now, the public schools and the private schools are not going to play their state championships, uh, certainly not the same weekend, uh, but it looks like it might be a different venue. We wait to see uh, that, that news and when it comes out of what's going to happen because they voted in the off season to allow the select schools to go out and, and find their own state championship facility if they wanted to do so. It'll be interesting. Uh, Zachary always capturing headlines now this time of year. Ed Nicar, John Curtis, those still three of, if not the best teams in the state, Alan? Seth, I was on uh, with Christian, you know, last week, uh, and he asked me, he said, who's your best three teams? That's the three teams I named. So, uh, <laughs> you know, those are certainly the premier programs right now. What Zachary has done, uh, you know, winning three out of the last four uh, 5A state championships, Keelan Brown, one of the top players in our state. He's going to go down as one of the winningest players ever to come through the state of Louisiana. Uh, he's been tremendous. Um, you know, and then we're going to find out a lot about those other two programs week one. So what, how often do you get a monster matchup in week one? Carr, John Curtis to open the season. You talk about just firing at all cylinders to start this thing off. That's going to have fireworks, and that's national inclinations because both of those teams have a chance to be nationally ranked when this thing ends up. Yeah, it's it's just massive right off the bat, and I love that those two programs continue to play every year. Also special in week one, we'll be taking our show on the road to Shaw, and that's the first time us or anybody's done a football game at Shaw because it's never happened before in the Catholic League, at least the traditional Catholic League schools. Alan, first time as they open that stadium on the West Bank that we'll have a game on a Catholic League campus uh, on a Friday night under the lights. Pretty special, man. You know, it's almost hard to believe, Seth, you know, when, when you see, say that. You know, we're here in 2019, but you're right. This is the first Friday night home game played on campus in Catholic League history. And I know Archbishop Shaw, they've made a major commitment. They've been down the last few years in their program as far as wins and losses. But building that stadium made certainly a major commitment to where they see their future going with football. 
I know Coach Tommy Connors uh, is going to try to turn that thing around, but that's going to be a special night for the Archbishop Shaw community and all those Eagle alumni to have an opportunity to open the season at home under the lights. No doubt. Another Catholic League team with a new coach. It's a Monica, not Frank. Frank's still over St. Charles. We got his son, Nick, coaching Rummel, man. Uh, it sounds like from everything people have told me, Rummel's under uh, the younger Monica, going to be the real deal this year, man. May, you know, every time I get asked about Rummel, I keep wanting to say Coach Raw because yeah. he's just been such a staple in what he built, you know, at, at uh, Rummel. But, you know, everything I'm, I'm hearing, Seth, I haven't seen it with my eyes, but that Rummel is absolutely loaded. Maybe one of the most talented rosters the Raiders have ever put on the field. And that they're the, they're the most uh, significant challenger to John Curtis in Division One. I'm anxious to see how that works out, though, because, you know, when you go from – when you're replacing the legend and – Call it like it is. Jay Roth is a legend at Rumble. What he did to that program, he elevated it to heights that they hadn't seen before. Uh, and and now Coach Monica takes over there as uh, the head coach of the Rumble Raiders. And he's got a loaded team, but, you know, he's got a lot of pressure on him as well in his first year. Well, we are one week away next Friday night, the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup, 7 to 10.30 every Friday through the state championships starting next week. Alan will be part of those shows. Uh, Alan, you won't be out there at Shaw, but I know you'll be joining us uh, for a few segments on the phone. And then after that, man, uh, buckle up, because here we go. You ready? Yeah, you know, 15 consecutive weeks we'll be covering high school football in our state. Wouldn't have it any other way, Seth. I've said this for many years since I've been a part of our program. I feel like our state does it as good as anybody in the country as far as programs, the teams, the quality of players. Just think back, Seth, since we've been together on this program some of the players that we've covered that are now playing on Sunday that we got a chance to draft in our fantasy football league <laughs> that we covered on Friday night. That just shows you what kind of talent that we're covering each and every Friday night and that this state is producing every year. No doubt. Alan, thanks so much for taking some time tonight, man. And uh, look, I'll talk to you next Friday. All right, Seth. Thanks again. And hey, line up tomorrow night. Hopefully Southeastern can start the season by shocking the world and beating Jacksonville State at home. There you go. No doubt about it. That's 7 p.m. at Strawberry Stadium. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go back to back with some of the best and brightest minds in sports gambling, football betting. Ben Mintz going to join us in just a second. And then we go out to Vegas to Ralph Michaels, our handicapper at wagertalk.com. One note we got today on the East Bank All-Stars, their parade is set in Metairie in Jefferson Parish. Uh, they're going to host the parade on Saturday, August 31st. So this Saturday, just a couple of days from now, I guess three days from now, and the route will be from Bonneville to Severn. So and I'll just read the quote here. The parade will line up in Bonneville Boulevard, and Pomona and will roll at 11 a.m. at the corner of Bonneville and Vets and then head westbound ending at Severn. That is a much-deserved uh, parade and recognition, certainly for the world champs right here in New Orleans. Pretty awesome stuff. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to get out there and uh, go check it out myself. As promised, here comes Ben Mintz, host of Mixing It Up with Mintz in Shreveport, Bossier. And a professional sports better and a poker player. Ben is on Twitter at BenMintz531, and we talk to him every single week on Wednesdays. Ben, what's going on, man? Oh, man, just excited for week one of college football. I would say I'm more of a professional poker player and uh, an above-average sports gambler. I think it's more a fair title, but how are you doing, sir? Uh, look, I'm good. I, I Look, you hit 56% of uh, your, your football bets last year. I know that's that's you're hitting the VIG and then some, so you know, that's pretty good, Ben. Oh, yeah, for sure. And getting excited for uh, week one. You know, maybe not the best slate of week one games like we got used to a few years ago. 
Uh, but still a lot of excitement for what's going to be a lot of uh, fun college football. Yeah, it, it really is. The biggest game out there is this Oregon and Auburn matchup. Uh, and this is really, I think, bigger for the Pac-12 because they've just been so dreadful over the last uh, year or two. And they're trying to – well, look, they were dreadful last week when Arizona lost as a 20-point favorite at Hawaii. Um, looks like about a touchdown favorite here for Auburn. What do you think about this one, Ben? Well, this is one of the things, a huge year for Oregon. I mean, Justin Herbert, one of the top three, four quarterbacks in college football, going to be a first-round NFL pick. But the key matchup I'm looking to in this one is is the battle of the line of scrimmage. And I know this was nine years ago. These teams played in the 2010 National Championship game, and Nick Fairley was the one-man gang from Auburn. Oregon couldn't block him. And Auburn, nine years later, still at the stud defensive line led by Derrick Brown. Oregon has four returning offensive line starters, and that battle in the trenches is the one I'm watching. Uh, for, for Auburn, they're starting a five-star quarterback, but a true freshman in Bo Nix, whose dad, Patrick Nix, played for Auburn back when I was a teenager, which makes me not feel young. And so it's hard to read what to expect out of Bo Nix as a true freshman. I'm kind of leaning toward it being a close game and, and liking Auburn. And, check that. Liking Oregon and the points here. Oregon and the points and Auburn straight up there, Ben? I, I think it's just a game that could go either way. And so when you're getting more than a field goal, mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm in line to take the points. And also key year for Mario Cristobal in Oregon. Seven returning starters on defense, a 1,000-yard rusher, Justin Herbert back. I mean, this team has a lot of experience. And so you got to think uh, they should be ready. Uh, you do a radio show up there. I think every was it every Wednesday, every Tuesday or Wednesday, Ben, with uh, Josh Booty. Is that right? Um, yes, and uh, first one of the year today. I had a blast working with Josh. Uh, I grew up watching him play, and he was the all-time Louisiana high school football quarterback passing leader for a long, long time. And, you know, being in Shreveport, his family's a legend in his community. And so, yeah, really enjoying it. Yeah, and I know you guys talked a lot of LSU football when he was on, and LSU opens up against uh, Georgia Southern. I thought this line was a little interesting. And look, when you're talking 27 and a half points, you go, well, that's a big line. Not really in college football, Ben. You know that. Uh, it's too, too low, that line, for LSU? Well, this game's one of those games when you got to look at the whole picture. And LSU with Texas in week two, I'm a little worried about laying the 27 and a half because, I mean, how much is LSU going to show of the new offense with Joe Brady uh, because of that huge matchup in week two? I think LSU wins this game handily. Seth, uh, Georgia Southern being an option team, you always want to play an option team in week one or in a bowl game. The worst thing you want to do is in the middle of the year when your team's banged up, and you have to play an option team on a five, six-day short week. But LSU getting the whole offseason, I mean, there's no reason Georgia Southern should score more than 10 points in this game. I'm looking at like a 31-10 to 10 LSU final and then moving on to Texas. So uh, I'm not sure I want to lay the points. So just how stoked is uh, uh, Josh Booty about this college football season, man? Oh, very, very stoked. He's uh, Yeah, he's great to work with. Like I said, he's a funny, funny character. And, uh, yeah, he, he's excited. And his nephew, uh, he's got a – his nephew is actually Abram's son, is a big-time quarterback in California. Uh, they named him, actually, best quarterback name ever, General Booty. This is real life. <laughs> so the uh, – what is it, Captain Andrew Luck? If that ever happens, you won't even need to rename. It'll just be, you know, General Booty on Twitter. Well, apparently Abram loved Major Applewhite's name so much he named his son General. <laughs> I love it. We're, we're mixing it up with Ben Mintz here at Ben Mintz 531 on Twitter. Look, this opening week slate of college football is kind of garbage, to be honest, outside a couple of games. The other game that isn't garbage seems like, well, another Pac-12 team. It's Stanford taking on Zach Streif's alma mater, Northwestern. Stanford a six 
point favorite. What do you think here, Ben? Well, I actually have, that's funny you mentioned this because this, this is going to get brought up, not to spoil uh, my gambling picks that will be coming tomorrow, but uh, I love the under in this game. It's 48. You got two well coached football teams, David Shaw and Pat Fitzgerald. And frankly, you got two private school teams that don't have a lot of speed or game breakers. I'm expecting a 20 to 17, 17, 13 game, like a slugfest here. Anything else you're, you're watching for? Any other tidbits, best bets you want to point out? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm an Ole Miss alone, and I'm watching the Ole Miss-Memphis game pretty close, and uh, I don't feel very good about it for the Rebels. Uh, playing up in the Liberty Bowl, this is one of those games where it's a regional Mid-South rivalry, and Memphis, you know, not being in the SEC, would love to run it up on their rival, and so I'm a little concerned about that for the, uh, the Rebels. Uh, I'm watching Florida State and Boise State really close. I'm hoping the hurricane doesn't affect it because such a huge year for Willie Taggart here, too. We all remember the Monday night game where Virginia Tech shut them down 24-3 to last year. And, uh, man, Taggart needs a win here to start year two real bad. Kendall Browles, their new offensive coordinator, obviously we all remember him from Baylor, uh, certainly a great OC. So I'm curious. To, uh, that's a game I'm keeping my eyes close on, too. Uh, he's been Mintz, and he's very nervous about his alma mater playing football this weekend. Ben, I could hear it in your voice. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. I keep it real. When it comes to gambling and money, you can't look at it like with any bias or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, the Rebels, uh, the problem with Ole Miss, you lose A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Greg Little, Dawson Knox, all top four rounds are F picks. And then this is the year you replace them with two-star guys because of probation. So, you know, there, there ain't a lot of hope in Oxford. <laughs> telling it like Manning it is. Looking good. Arch Manning looking good for Newman. So, hey. You know, tank for Arch. There, there you go. Tank for Arch. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, could be headed there. You never know. Yes, freshman at Newman, and all the reports are the real deal there. Ben Mintz, host of Mixing It Up. With Mints in Shreveport, Bozier, professional better poker player, and look, I must follow on Twitter at Ben Mints five three one and at Mahomes not on Twitter because uh, of yes. the voice, yes. the voice. And by the way, yeah. we're we're still going to do these post uh, game press conferences. Uh, we got to do these on like Mondays, quick hitters. Uh, yeah, and also uh, I'm actually booked a flight up to Kansas City for uh, the Run Good Poker Series in early December, and I'm going to go see a Chiefs Raiders game. And so I'm wanting the Mahomes not, and the Mahomes voice is going to have to be taken to the fine people of Kansas City. <laughs> there you go. Ben, always appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Seth. All right. At Ben Mintz, 531. We'll take a break. Again, double dip in here with some football betting as college football kicks off their season. We go out to Vegas, talk to Ralph Michaels next. When Our new segment is time to hand out another award. It's our bonehead of the day. And this one's easy. We opened our show with it. The Baby Cakes, and more specifically, the ownership group, who has acted like a girlfriend who cheated on us, who decided to bring their new boyfriend in with us, who stayed in our house and still won't let us date anybody as they have blocked SMG and the LSED from searching for new tenants. Baby Cakes, our bonehead of the day. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 